Welcome to this week's First Lord Podcast for September 13th, 2020 with Reverend Jonathan Warren at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Warren has been doing a four-week Prayer Transform series, and this week is the second week of that series. Reverend Warren's sermon title is Help Me. Our guest performer for special music today is Hannah Warren playing Amazing Grace. Our first scripture reading is from Psalms 121. And second scripture reading comes from Romans 15, 5 through 12. We hope you had an awesome last week passing and pray for a successful, safe, and healthy week upcoming. God be with you. As we prepare for our scripture reading, let us join together in saying the prayer for illumination that's printed in your bulletins. Let us pray. O God, by your Holy Spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to obey Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes from 121st Psalm. For many of you, you may have this in your memory. You may have memorized a version of this. Many of you have heard this psalm. Let us listen to the word of God. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our next scripture reading comes to us from Romans chapter 15. Beginning with the fifth, fifth verse, let us listen to the word of God. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said earlier, many of us have at least these first few verses of Psalm 121 memorized. I lift my eyes up to the hills. You know this. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Countless times, it's this very psalm I open my Bible to in a hospital room. Or sometimes when people need prayer. I open up my Bible to Psalm 121 and recite this psalm. Sometimes it's at a deathbed where I share this psalm. It provides comfort of God being here with us in the midst of difficulty. We're in our second week of a four-week series about transformative prayer and today we're talking about what is maybe the most fundamental prayer, a petition, the one that we cry out when we don't have any other words to pray, help me. We sometimes call the Psalms the prayer book of the Bible. Psalm 121 is only one of many Psalms that has these words, help me. If these prayers are any indication, we're not the only ones crying out for God's help. God's people for centuries has cried out to God for help. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we face difficulties and trials. Where do we turn in desperation? When we wonder who or what to turn to in the midst of our trial. When we wonder where God is in the midst of tragedy or suffering. And now when we struggle and hurt daily, we cry out for help. Is anyone listening? Certainly God should know that we're hurting, that we're scared, 
we're struggling in the middle of the night, and we cry out. I imagine King David reciting Psalm 121 in the midst of battle, worrying for his, uh, himself and his fellow soldiers' safety in the valley of Megiddo. For many generations fought, this valley of Megiddo is a landscape of a vast field, and it's this giant valley, and surrounding it are mountains. And David, alongside his army, would have cried out to God, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? Valley of Megiddo is the very place where Deborah and Barak defeated the Canaanites, where Gideon and 300 soldiers defeated the mighty Midianites. It's the very battlefield where Saul and his son Jonathan were killed. In fact, it's here where the final battle of Armageddon will take place, the Valley of Megiddo. Now, since the Psalms are the prayer book of the Bible, many of God's disciples lifted up this help me prayer, like the Israelites in Babylon, countless prophets, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus' disciples in the boat. When Lazarus died, I guarantee Martha cried this prayer. And a woman with such low status that we don't even know her name who suffered 13 years. She was considered unclean, which meant she was excluded from worship and community. She says, God, I, a woman with a flow of blood for 13 years, am hurt, crying out for help from the depths of my being. She certainly cried out this psalm to God. Year after year, with a debilitating disease, wondering and reaching for a God who seems sometimes absent in her life. And similarly, we cry out to God from the depths of our souls at times, asking for God to help me. Especially these days, in the midst of pandemic, where Many are left in the depths of loneliness, staring down the barrel of depression or addiction. Each of us here are struggling with something. Some are facing debilitating health. Others face loss. Some have experienced the pain and sting of death. All of us live in this broken world with bodies that fail. Some of us have loved ones battling cancer, suffering the trauma of an autoimmune disease. And we all wonder where God is in the midst of our suffering. From where will my help come?
In her book, This Too Shall Last, author K.J. Ramsey writes about the way her life has been affected by her chronic illness. Now, K.J., at the young age of 20, while still in college, began suffering from an autoimmune disorder that left her terribly ill, sometimes unable to walk. And it robbed her of the life's uh, most young people take for granted. For her illness has no cure. And the treatment she had was usually ineffective. Although KJ finished college and got married, she found herself unable to hold a job, unable to walk outdoors, unable to sit in a wooden pew through a 60-minute church service. KJ tells of times in church when hoping to glean a glimmer of God's grace and goodness, she was met by the well-meaning but unhelpful question of others. Have you prayed for God to heal you? It stung because, of course, she did. But God had not healed her illness. She spent years crying out this psalm in prayer, from where will my help come? Wondering where God is in the midst of her tragedy and suffering. As we look deeper into the psalm, we discover who our God is. It's comparing our God to all the false gods and idols of the ancient world. Our God will not slumber like the little deities who fall asleep at night. Our God will keep us from all evil compared to those little gods who didn't have that power. Our God will keep our life, our going out and our coming in forever and ever, this psalm says. And King David, David, the nameless woman, these countless disciples who call out to God, the maker of heaven and earth, and each person who prayed Psalm 121, ask the very God who could help. They put their trust in God, asking for God's help in prayer and petition. And they discover in this prayer, the one crying out to help, that our God is with each one of them. This prayer becomes their connection of seeing God in the midst of their suffering and trial. For when King David prayed this, he could sleep at night in the midst of war because he knew that God could and would protect him all night. The nameless woman is in the crowd where she touches just a hem of Jesus. And it's in that moment that she finally realizes that God has seen her this entire 13 years. It's in that moment that her suffering and pain were acknowledged. But it's in that moment that she knows that God's been with her throughout her life. 
She didn't have to be alone. And now she is connected with a community, with her God. Now she knows that God has always been there. God being there doesn't mean that suffering disappears or that we're not afraid, but it means that God is always with us, that we're never alone. Now, as long as we live in this world, we know that we are mortal, that our bodies will fail. This world is broken. We face death and illness, tragedy, struggle. We will face pandemic and wars. I know these days we're all praying Psalm 121 as we call out each of us from the depths of our souls for help from our God. We, like the biblical patriarchs and matriarchs, discover in this psalm and in our scripture and in our being that we are not alone, that God never abandons us. God is in our midst. God hears our petitions. God hears our cries. Our connection to seeing God in our midst in our suffering and trials. And in that, God is helping each one of us. I'm sure you've heard this before. During a flood, a man finds himself on the roof of his house praying to God, help me. And the neighbor comes by in a rowboat, but the man won't get in. He says, I'm waiting for God to save me. Don't worry, God will come. A rescue team comes by in a motorboat, but the man stays on his roof. I have faith. I'm waiting for God to help me. Go help others. And finally, a helicopter flies overhead. The pilot shouts, take the rope. I'll fly you to dry land. And the man says, I've been praying for God's help. I'll keep waiting. Eventually, the water rises over the rooftop. And the man dies. In heaven, he has a chance to discuss the situation with God. And he says, I had faith in you, God. I asked you for help. But you didn't save me. Why? And God tells him, I sent you a rowboat and a motorboat and a helicopter. What did you expect? Sometimes the crux of the matter is not asking for help, but accepting it. In K.J. Ramsey's book, she continues and tells about a time during one flare-up of her disease that she was literally stuck on her couch. Her husband was working overtime to help pay the medical bills, and she was left home all alone. Then the doorbell rang. She was in such pain she couldn't even get up to answer the door. But her friend, Sarah, from church, she let herself in. And Sarah sat with her 
Now, this was in spite of KJ's embarrassment that she hadn't brushed her teeth or cleaned her apartment in weeks. She was painfully unaware of the smell of unwashed dishes coming from the kitchen. But Sarah came back week after week. Sometimes she sat with KJ. Sometimes they cried. Sometimes Sarah brought food. Sometimes Sarah washed those dirty dishes. For KJ, her prayers for God to help her in her unrelenting suffering were answered in an unexpected way. God did not take her suffering from this debilitating disease away, but God gave her a community God gave her the church to help bear the pain. Now, I know often the Midwestern and American way is we can do this on our own. And sometimes we hold on to this and don't realize that our church family who waves at us, who is just a phone call away sometimes, is here among us. Romans reminds us that God helps us through our church community, that we bear each other's burdens, that we pray for one another, that we carry the load for one another. And our cry of God help me leads to God helping us through one another. So sometimes we need to be willing to call people. Sometimes we need to go and visit on the porch with masks on. Other times we need to let people in. We need to ask our church family to pray for us. Because each of us has struggles and hurt. So we can pray for one another. For this world is way too hard for any of us to do it on our own. God is with us. God gives us each other, a community, a family. So when we cry out to God, help me, God hears your prayer. Our God is a God that never slumbers or sleep. Our God is a God that hears our cries in the middle of the night. God always hears us. God doesn't ever ignore our prayers. When we ask for help, it sometimes comes in an unexpected way. Especially in these difficult days when someone knocks on our door open it. When someone calls you on the phone, accept their friendship. When someone offers you a Tupperware container of food, eat it. If you find yourself alone, go and do something like this for another. 
Now, I know you all are good at giving help. I've been on the receiving end of it. Sometimes in order to be part of this community that God has given us, we can't be those Midwestern or American selves. We must be God's disciples. Be willing to ask, then also be willing to accept. From where does our help come? It comes from God. And God places us in this community of loving and caring people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now let us say together a prayer of the day from Dr. King Jr., a prayer of community and helping one another. Let us say together. Lord, we thank you for your church, founded upon your word, that challenges us to do more than sing and pray, but go out and work as though the very answer to our prayers depended on us and not upon you. Help us to realize that humanity was created to shine like the stars and live on through all eternity. Keep us, we pray, in perfect peace. Help us to walk together, pray together, sing together, and live together until that day when all God's children, black, white, red, brown, and yellow, will rejoice in one common band of humanity. In the reign of our Lord and of our God, we pray. Amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. That's www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 22176138. Two two 
1-800-871-1573. Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.